Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Recently, I spent a few days in Golden, B.C. to learn about some of the activities and events in that area and what it has to offer. So our podcast is all about Golden, B.C. And one of the activities I did was take a hike through Yoho National Park along the Ice Line Trail near Tataka Falls. And our guide was Laura Crombeen, owner of Self-Propelled Adventures. And I got the chance to chat with her before our hike. So we'll have that conversation for you. And while we were there, we stayed at one of the fabulous properties managed by Lush Mountain Accommodations. The owner of that is John Lush, and I also sat down with him for a few minutes to learn more about the kind of accommodations they offer, so I'll have that for you as well. And there's some exciting things happening just east of Golden along the Trans-Canada Highway. If you've ever driven that short stretch of the Trans-Canada as you head east out of Golden or westward as you approach the town limits, you know it can be a bit dicey at times. So apparently there's some plans to fix that stretch, so we'll get the lowdown on that. But we're going to start things out sharing a conversation I had with Andy Brown. He was my gracious host while we were in Golden. He's the communications and social media coordinator for Tourism Golden. So here's that conversation now. For those who, uh, for whatever reason, might not know much about Golden, maybe give me some background, some uh, brief little history lesson. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you had a great time here. Um, Golden's a, a small town in the in the Columbia Valley, uh, in between the the Rocky Mountains and the Columbia Mountains. Um, basically, people that come here are all about uh, outdoor adventure, spending time outdoors in the mountains and enjoying themselves. And uh, really, you know, anything from jumping out of a plane, skydiving, big adrenaline rush to uh, going hiking in the the six national parks that surround us. Well, you, I'm glad you mentioned the six national parks that surround you. You have uh, the advantage of many things. First of all, you're surrounded by six national parks, but you're not actually in the parks. So you can uh, take advantage of not being so uh, restricted by what the parks do, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um, having six national parks around us is great. We're, you know, the hiking and, and all the pristine um, uh, environment that there is out there and the protected nature of those national parks, we're able to go visit them very easily. But at the same time, not being in the national park, we're not bound by the regulations that are there. Uh, so you can get snowmobiling in the winter, ATV tours in the summer, um, you know, more motorized activities uh, in, a, in a respectful way. Hmm. Tell me about the town itself now. Uh, there's the uh, area that if, if you're familiar driving by uh, the Trans-Canada, and then there's the sort of the downtown area that's sort of in the valley below. Uh, yeah, the, the, you kind of look at Golden almost in two to three downtowns. You've got uh, the area that a lot of people know, which is the Trans-Canada Highway. People will drive through, they get their gas, and, and they keep on going. What we really like people to do is come and actually explore the other downtown or two downtowns. <laughs> um, well, the reason why I say that is because the there's the visitor downtown, and that's going to be uh, the first one that people see. You've got your restaurants and your uh, shops and some you know places to go eat and um, just enjoy uh, the pedestrian bridge, Spirit Square, mm. uh, brewery, things like that. Uh, then there's the more uh, local downtown where you where you get more um, hardware store, movie theater. Um, you know, schools and, and hockey arena, things that you'd find in, in a regular town that uh, are kind of hidden in Golden a little bit and, mm -hmm. and people may not know that they're there. Uh, now, obviously, you would prefer them to come off the highway and stay for a bit. Is that sort of the conundrum that uh, Golden uh, is 
in because you are situated on the major highway people have a tendency to just stop and keep on going so that's sort of the your achilles heel <laughs> kind of thing yeah it, it always has been uh for a long time it was uh it was that way but uh, it's definitely changing more and more people that come to golden they realize uh, that there's more here than just uh, fast food and gas. Uh, so they're coming in and, and exploring the restaurants and finding out, uh, finding all the amenities that are great for individuals and families. Mm-hmm. Um, thing, you know, things like uh, coming into town and, and being able to have lunch and then hopping on your mountain bike and going into uh, going to the bike trails without having to load them back up in the car and going there. Um, so it's definitely changing. We still want uh, more and more people to to figure out. Uh, um, more about Golden, but definitely having Highway 95 down through the Columbia Valley come up and, and then through Golden is uh, is a good way for more people uh, to to learn about uh, what else there is here. Mm-hmm. Let's do a bit of a geographical thing. We mentioned six parks, but uh, the parks to the west, north, south, east, they're all over, right? Yeah, yeah. Every direction that uh, you leave uh, Golden or to get to Golden, you're driving adjacent to or through a national park. So, um, you know, if you're coming in from Calgary, uh, everyone knows about Banff. You're going to go through Banff National Park, and then once you uh, cross that Alberta BC border, you get into Yoho National Park. Uh, just north of that, that is Jasper. Um, then, if you keep going west, once you get through Golden, you've got uh, Glacier National Park, um, and then Mount Revelstoke, and south of us, we have Kootenay. So they're the the six. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's all part of the Columbia Valley, uh, and I would imagine if you're doing a tour here, uh, it's a great place to do a couple days here, a couple days here, a couple days here. Uh, is that sort of the gist of what most people do here? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it depends. I mean, if you're going to be doing a, a road trip, then definitely the Columbia Valley. There's a lot of great towns that go through. Um, you can spend a couple of days in, in one or another, work your way up or down the Columbia Valley and enjoy yourself. Um, the other way to do it um, that we have is, is more of a base camp. Those that are exploring the different national parks and they want to check out multiple but don't want to have to pack up every day afterwards, uh, they'll end up basing themselves here, um, usually in a, you know, a little more remote location um, you know, five minutes outside of town in a in a nice little lodge, and they'll spend one day in Yoho National Park or two days, and and then on to Glacier, down to Kootenay, uh, so on and so forth, getting away from the bigger crowd, especially in the height of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, we were just getting through the height of the summer. We're in kind of a shoulder season. I would imagine ski season is getting underway. But uh, talk about maybe some of the events that are coming up that people might be uh, having on their radar. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, the next big event for us is really going to be the Golden Ultra, which is a three-day trail running race. That'll be, uh, that'll be at the uh, end of September. Um, it's a, an amazing event. Uh, I mean, the, the endurance that the, the athletes have that, that do that are, is great. But you can do one, two, or all three of the days. Uh, first day is a five-kilometer five-kilometer uh, five run with a one-kilometer elevation gain. Then the next day is the Ultra Marathon, which is a 60-kilometer-plus race. Um, and then the third day is a half-marathon trail run. They also have a, a new event this year, which is a 120-kilometer uh, race, and, and that's the big one. It involves uh, the old course and the new course. Um, that's a, a good one. The next big event will be in the in the winter. Um, the Free Ride World Tour will be coming back to Golden for the, the third time, uh, third year in a row that they'll be here. Uh, that'll be February 6th to uh, the 12th. Uh, the reason why they have a weather window uh, is just to allow for the right conditions and uh, and light to, to happen for, mm-hmm. for the athletes. Uh, and this is, uh, it's the only stop in North America. It's the best uh, free skiers and snowboarders in the world that will come in um, and, and compete for, uh, it's one one run, one shot to, to put yourself on the podium. Um, and they, uh, it's, 
it's a great event to come out and see, especially live, um, where they've had it on uh, Ozone the last couple of years. And mm. It's really great viewing from Kicking Horse. Yeah, fun. Um, there's all kinds of uh, accommodation choices, I guess. Everything from camping right up to, and we're going to talk with uh, John Lush from Lush Properties, too, about some uh, really gorgeous properties. So there, there's no shortage of that when people are looking uh, to come here, right? Yeah, no, the, the one thing uh, that... Uh, that Golden has an abundance of is, is great, uh, we'll call it unique properties. Each have their own uh, quirkiness to it. Um, there's you know, hostels, there's camping, uh, your, your regular hotels. Uh, those are, are all great. And then when you get into the, the next area, you'll be like, uh, you know, one, uh, one accommodation has Highland cattle on a, <laughs> on a 40 acre ranch. Um, you know, other ones that'll have hot tubs overlooking the Columbia Valley. Another one has a, a Cordon Bleu chef that will uh, bring in an artesian pizza to you if you when you order it at lunch. So all that's what I mean by quirkiness. They're all a little different, um, really depending on you know what kind of uh, an experience you're looking for. And we've got a ton of those people, uh, those accommodations that to cater to to mm-hmm. everyone's uh, everyone's needs. Uh, anything I missed? Um, I really the the I mean for us right now it's really enjoying the the season after the the height of the summer you know you mentioned uh, shoulder season um, it's really one of the best times to visit Golden uh, it's the hiking is unbelievable uh, the, the temperature is just right to get up there you keep moving and you you know you're not uh, you're not overheating when you're mm-hmm. out there during the day and then uh, generally like a day like today where it's Gorgeous sunshine, sitting on the patio, having a, a beverage maybe at uh, White Tooth Brewery, mm. uh, something like that would be, uh, it's, it's perfect to end the day. Awesome. Uh, Annie Brown is the Communications and Social Media Coordinator for Tourism Golden. The website, tourismgolden.com. Thanks for your time, Andy. Oh, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, and um, I hope you have, uh, can make it back out again. Well, as I mentioned recently, I spent a few days in Golden, B.C., where we stayed at one of the beautiful properties managed by Lush Mountain Accommodations. I also managed to sit down with the owner of Lush Mountain Accommodations, John Lush, to learn more about what they do. So here is that for you now. Give me uh, some background on how you got uh, started this this whole uh, enterprise. Sure. Well, I, uh, I came to the Valley in 2002. Uh, came from Whistler. Uh, Golden, the Valley was just incredible. Uh, you have the Trans Canada running through here, and you have Alberta close by, so there's there's a decent flow. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we've got these incredible valleys with uh, endless uh, adventure, and uh, and Kicking Horse Mountain Resort was in its infancy and, and growing. And mm-hmm. I uh, I like to ski, so that's uh, what brought me here and drew me here. And uh, leaving uh, the rat race of uh, the Lower Mainland in, in Whistler to mm-hmm. um, uh, an acreage in in Golden was uh, was affordable, and uh, so we moved out here. I uh, I managed the Eagle's Eye Restaurant at the top of Kicking Horse for a few years, and then and uh, opened my business uh, during that time, mm-hmm. two thousand and three, and I've been growing and operating ever since. Nice. We, we started with one place, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and now we're we're about thirty thirty one places that we operate and they're they range from one bedroom uh up to seven bedrooms steam rooms so mansions mansions <laughs> yes so we have a, a fair uh, places out in in the valley uh so in the blaberry valley mm-hmm. um 
in their own acreages and a bit more comfortable uh, cabin type style homes. And then uh, we have condos at the ski hill. They're uh, one and two bedroom, but they have their own hot tubs and big decks, incredible views from those decks. Uh, you're looking back out over the Rockies. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that that Golden has um, the Columbia River that dissects Golden. Um, on the uh, east side is the Rocky Mountains. And uh, on the west side is the Purcells. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about millions of years of different uh, geological uh, formations. And uh, so very different mountains on either side. Mm -hmm. So say you're up at the ski hill, you're, you're, you're staying on the side of the Purcells, and you're looking back out over the Rockies. <laughs> and vice versa, when you stay on the Rocky side, you're looking looking over the Purcells. Mm -hmm. Every place has a, a mountain view, in other words, is what you're saying, right? Um, tell me, like, when, when you're uh, starting a business like this, there's obviously a need. What was the need at the time that you thought, hey, I could fill this and, and really make this grow? Well, actually, when we started our business, we were originally going to build the cabins and uh, on our property and, and operate uh, a bit more of a um, an operation off of one property and as we started ours then people approached us and so it was almost an approach uh, scenario that they wanted us to manage their places and uh, and then up on the ski hill it, it just kept growing so mm -hmm. we we uh, redesigned on what we were going to do and we operated uh, uh, as such and mm -hmm. and uh, began managing other pe people's properties with the uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now when people are on your website, again, it's lushmountain.com. Obviously, all the properties are there. They can kind of pick and choose. Do you sort of uh, help them along the way saying, hey, I don't know what I need, what I want, <laughs> and what I can afford, I suppose, right? Absolutely. We have, uh, we have three great girls that work in our office, uh, Amy, Katie, and uh, Melissa. And um, everybody who calls in gets a hold of us. This is um, it's an old school way of doing things. Uh, your modern day of booking through VRBO, Airbnbs, mm -hmm. and such. I mean, we've been doing this since two thousand and three. Mm -hmm. We still are on uh, VRBO, Airbnb, and all of those uh, those booking engines. But uh, really, what we offer is we know the places inside and out. Mm -hmm. We can tell them everything they need to know and get them in the right place. Yeah. And uh, and that service is still wanted. And I find the more and more people. You know, test the waters of 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 these rentals and and have a little less um, one on one contact. That they they like to come back and and go direct with with uh, mm -hmm. that, and and they they appreciate understanding exactly what it is, and we make sure they get in the right property. Yeah, because sometimes one property might look right by pictures, but maybe another one actually suits them better for their sleeping arrangements and mm -hmm. actually what they're looking for. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at, because it's really hard to get a gauge just by photos and, you know, explanation by word, rather than talking to someone and saying, hey, what is your need? Like, it may be a group of eight, but is it a family of eight, or is it four couples, or that kind of thing. But you can accommodate, like you said, uh, large families, maybe uh, groups that want to stay together and maybe go skiing or hiking, depending on the season, uh, you can pretty much accommodate it all, can't you? We can, and uh, sometimes we actually accommodate smaller groups in larger places. So sometimes you have two on a honeymoon, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, depending on the time of season, they can they can get uh, great value for their mm -hmm. dollar and and rattle around in a large place and and enjoy that feeling. But uh, no, the the places can really um, uh, they're they're great for families, and a lot of our places were uh, designed with. Uh, um, two twins and a king uh, in mind, so they can either be split to two 
two twins or then they strap together as, as a king. And that allows um, families or, or if it's a group of guys going skiing or um, it, it, it allows flexibility mm-hmm. in, in the rooms in different uh, size stays and, and their needs to be met comfortably. And so that's uh, mm-hmm. that's good value there. Um, describe. I know this is hard because you have thirty plus properties, but describe uh, because I don't think we're giving <laughs> quite the full um, kind of measure of what kind of properties we're looking at. We're looking at, like beautiful log cabins, like really well built together, very solid. Um, they really are uh, well lush properties. Hmm. Yeah, well, we're we're lucky uh, here in town. We have uh, Canadian timber frames. And they have been um, building a lot of the homes uh, from the get-go up there, the timber frames, uh, international timber frames, um, is also in Golden. We have log home builders here in Golden, um, Stonehouse. And uh, so a a lot of these homes that are up uh, on the ski hill were, uh, it's fantastic because they were built by locals here. And uh, every one of them is uh, a custom home. Mm -hmm. There is not one that is alike other than a condo but um so all of them being custom homes they all were designed by their owners they all had dreams and visions and you can feel that when you stay there each one of them is so different mm-hmm. so um sometimes uh, you know if, if if people have stayed in one and that's not available and they're staying in another place uh, they come back and stay in the other place and they go oh my gosh it's, it feels so different it's it's say a little different than staying in a hotel where mm-hmm. you expect one room to look like this and then it kind of looks the same on each of them mm-hmm. um they all have a, a certain standard and quality but at the same time they can look very different do you offer services such as, hey, um, I'm coming up for a week or a few days. Uh, can you get me groceries? Can the fridge be full? Uh, do those kind of things pop up or you're kind of say, hey, no, you're better off doing it this way? They pop up all the time and we do offer that. We um, Often people that are coming in from around the world, they're flying all day and they, they drive here and they get mm-hmm. here. They don't want to deal with groceries. So mm-hmm. we'll have that fully stocked and loaded for them. Their toiletries are already there. They come in, we'll have ski tickets waiting for them they just go to sleep they wake up in the morning make breakfast go out and hit the slopes you make it very easy (laughs) Uh, john lush is the owner of lush mountain accommodations again the website you can see all the images of these uh, fabulous properties at lushmountain.com anything you want to add no So one of the activities I did when I was in Golden recently was to take a hike through Yoho National Park along the Ice Line Trail near Tataka Falls. It's actually about a half-hour drive east of Golden near Field, and I will say this, it is not an easy hike, certainly not for someone looking for an easy one- or two-hour stroll through a national park. In total, I think the distance was around 19 kilometers, and it took us about six and a half hours. And keep in mind, you are ascending and descending up and down the side of a mountain. Now, that being said, the views are beautiful and the effort is well worth it. And our new one-minute travel bit, by the way, is up for viewing, showing some of the highlights of our hike and the spectacular scenery along the Ice Line Trail. Gives you a great visual for our experience. Just click on the link, one-minute travel bit, on our website at theinformedtraveler.ca 
and it will take you there. Our guide through it all was Laura Crombean, owner of Self-Propelled Adventures. She did a fantastic job, and I got the chance to chat with her. Before our hike, here's how that sounded. Just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, self-propelled adventures. So um, originally, I'm actually from Ontario, uh, but I moved out west here to BC about eight years ago. Um, And working for Parks Canada for a number of years, um, I basically saw a need for people who wanted to go further into the backcountry and have a little bit of guidance back there as well. And also wanting to learn more about the parks and kind of uh, what their role is, um, different wildlife, Uh, different mountain passes to see and kind of the impact of climate change Mm -hmm. that we're having right now. So I saw a need for that and uh, basically decided to open my own business to be able to give people those chances to do that. Obviously, you're a guide, so you have to be uh, trained and, you know, I can't just call myself a guide and take you on a hike, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, So I've been guiding in the national parks probably for about a total of six years now. Um, I started with the Lake Louise Ski Resort as an interpretive guide. And basically what I had to do was a basic knowledge course Mm -hmm. with, um, they're called the Interpretive Guides Association of Banff. Um, And through them, I did a basic knowledge course and kind of fell in love with the content. Uh, So everything that I was learning about how the mountains were built, uh, the importance of the wildlife, the importance of all the plants that we have here in the park. Um, And basically from there, I just wanted to learn more. Mm. So I progressed further, um, ended up as an apprentice guide and was guiding out of Lake O'Hara. And then further from that, progressed into a professional interpreter, which is what I am now. Excellent. Yeah. There's lots of do-it-yourself hikers. I mean, there's thousands of trails throughout uh, the area. Uh, What's the difference of taking a hike with a guide, other, other than the obvious, versus I'm just going on my own? So one of the kind of backbones of my business, Self-Propelled Adventures, is to kind of slow yourself down when you're in the backcountry or you're out on a hiking trail. A lot of times people just do a hike without really paying attention to that little flower or that little rock that actually has really big significant importance, uh, whether it be geological or historical. Um, So when you go with a guide, we kind of give you those little insights. We give you kind of the stories behind the landscapes. And I find that creates a connection to the national park or to whatever trail or park that you may be in. And I find that helps kind of create stewardship for people. So it gives people an opportunity to connect, like I said, but then feel an obligation to help protect these areas, which I find is very important these Mm -hmm. days. Uh, How much of a um, hiker do I have to be to enjoy? Like what levels do you do all levels, beginners all the way up to the very adventuresome? Yeah. So we take all ability levels uh, from somebody who maybe just wants to do a short stroll, say around Emerald Lake, which is, you know, completely flat Mm -hmm. up to people who are going to do something like the ice line, for example, which is, you know, like a full day hike. Uh, We get a wide range of different ability levels from complete beginners like I said to the people who uh, really just want to go for that long hike mm-hmm. and really kind of get those legs and uh, muscles working for the day. How big of a group do you have? That's, uh, is there maximum numbers? Yeah so we can take a maximum of up to 12 people so we okay. can accommodate large groups um, but our company what we try to focus on is creating a private experience for your group so whether it be two people or 12 uh, we like to keep it completely private mm-hmm. so that we can kind of customize the hike to your ability level and to everybody in the group. You mentioned the Ice Line hike. That's the one we're going to take today. I'm very excited. I'm a little bit nervous. (laughs) So give me an outline of uh, what I can expect and what people can expect if they're uh, going to do this hike with you. Yeah, so the Ice Line is uh, a very classic circuit in Yoho National Park. 
Uh, it was listed as one of the top 25 hikes by Explore BC, uh, so top 25 hikes in BC, and for good reason. It's an absolutely stunning hike. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about 17 kilometers, the hike that we're going to be doing today, um, so the ice line via Celeste Lake. There is a longer version that you can do as well, which is 20 kilometers going fully into Little Yoho Valley, uh, but we're going to do the shorter version today, mm-hmm. which is a nice kind of option for people. Yeah. Um, if you kind of do your research and you do this hike before, you know it starts with kind of endless switchbacks. Um, but after that, it flattens out. And basically what we see, uh, we see a whole range of different uh, glaciers. Um, we're kind of hiking almost along the continental divide. So we get a really good perspective of all the mountain ranges and the glaciers that are in the area. And we basically cross, um, cross a, a moraine. Okay. So just on the outside of Emerald Glacier. Uh, so we get some really good views of that glacier. You almost get really up close and personal with the glaciers. Wow. Um, and so we're walking right up in the Alpine, which is a great experience for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Uh, a lot of diversity on this hike as well. So like I said, we start with those endless switchbacks through the forest, end up on the top of the moraine, and then we drop down into a beautiful Alpine meadow. So it really does give you a full range of different landscapes and uh, lots of glaciers to see along the way. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, that's one trail. There's many others. Are there some other ones that are popular that you kind of uh, cater to people? Of, I'm, I'm assuming that people come to you saying, hey, I want to do an easy hike. I don't know where. Do you have sort of set ones that you have planned out? Yeah, so we do have a set number of uh, hikes that we do on our website that we recommend for people just because of the views and um, the trail conditions. Um, so other ones that are popular with us are Stanley Glacier in Kootenai National Park, um, as well as uh, Twin Falls, which is in the same area as the Ice Line, uh, which is in Yoho. But we also do, uh, we cover Banff National Park as well, as well as access to Lake O'Hara. Um, so that is another popular area for us because we do get access to commercial seats that are not available to the general public. Nice. Uh, Now, how does it work as far as logistics? Do you meet your clients at the beginning of the hike? Do you pick them up? How does that work? So generally speaking, uh, we usually meet the clients at the trailhead. Mm -hmm. um, And it's usually a very well-established trailhead that we generally go to. Uh, So it's easy to find us. Um, But if, you know, somebody does need transportation, we can arrange that through another company. But at this time, we don't provide transportation from hotels or anything like that. Uh, obviously, this is a seasonal uh, type of business. We are getting towards the end of the season. Uh, when does it begin and when do people, when should they be start planning maybe for next year? Yeah, so generally speaking, our season starts anywhere from uh, mid-June till about the end of September. Now, that does depend on weather conditions. Uh, some seasons we can start a little bit earlier and some seasons we can't. It all depends on the snowpack and the conditions that we're experiencing for the year. Well, and, and obviously, too, it's it's kind of weather dependent. Do you have uh, cancellations? Like what if it's just, you have a client and it's just absolutely pouring rain and you yeah. know they're not interested? What's How does that work? So generally speaking, if uh, cancellations will happen if we have something like lightning. Uh, lightning is obviously you don't want to be up in the Alpine or hiking if there's lightning. We tend to avoid and do a full cancellation with that. And then we give you a chance to either offer you a full refund mm-hmm. or a chance to rebook. Um, we do encourage rebooking as opposed to refund because we do want to give you that option. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's raining, you know, generally out here, we just put a rain jacket on and we kind of <laughs> just go with it. Um, however, what we can do is if we find that a trail is potentially dangerous because of the amount of rain, uh, we will switch hikes. Like we could go to something that is maybe a little bit less exposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, any general sort of guidelines that you would tell some of your clients when they're coming out on a hike? Absolutely, yeah. So do your research mm-hmm. is the first one. Uh, it's always good to have an idea of what the hike encompasses, what, how long the trail is, 
um, what you're in for so that you can kind of gauge whether it is within your ability level. Um, and then always ask questions. So there's no such thing as a, a dumb question to me. Um, if you have concerns about your hike, always ask your, like if you're booking with me, ask your guide. Um, we're more than happy to kind of help you along and guide you. Um, and then always pack correctly. So for the day, that's really important. Um, being prepared in terms of footwear, clothing, layers are very important and always having lots of water and food is really, really essential. Uh, if you generally have those things, you're pretty much in for a good day. And your clients, are they, they supply all of that or do you supply that? Correct. So most times uh, clients will supply their lunch and their food and their clothing. Mm -hmm. I do carry extra stuff with me, so extra hats and mitts and different hiking poles uh, if people do need them. I carry snacks uh, with me for generally for people mm -hmm. on the hike as well. Uh, but most cases, I like people to kind of pack their own lunch yeah. and... Uh, uh, the website is selfpropelledadventures.ca and Laura Crombeen is the owner and professional hiking guide. I'm looking forward to our hike, Laura. Very excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. By the way, again, our new one-minute travel bit is up for viewing, showing some of the highlights of our hike and the spectacular scenery along the Ice Line Trail in Yoho National Park. Just click on the link, one-minute travel bit, on our website at theinformedtraveler.ca and it will take you there. So now I want to finish out our podcast on Golden BC, playing a conversation I had with Joanne Sweeney. She is the Executive Director of Tourism Golden, and we talked about the new plans for the Trans-Canada Highway east of Golden. Here's that for you. Let's talk about the uh, a bit of the future plans for the area of Golden, specifically uh, Highway 1, the uh, Kicking Horse Canyon portion of Highway 1, uh, just east of Golden. Some big plans happening there. I'm going to let you do the explaining. Well, the, the, the big picture of the project is it's a really exciting project. Uh, multi-million dollar project. It's going to make that portion of the highway much safer for uh, all types of commercial, tourist and commuter traffic. So we're really excited about that. Um, I do want to just lay to rest some of the misunderstandings of what the of, of what it means because mm -hmm. clearly it's a very uh, difficult piece of terrain. It's I think the most expensive uh, project in Canada to date, and certainly one of the most difficult pieces of uh, terrain to do such a major project on. Um, and uh, the ministry uh, last week issued their um, RFQ uh, and an associated press release. Um, and following that, there were some headlines that I saw in some of the, the press within the region, in BC and, and in uh, Alberta as well, that seemed to indicate uh, you know, a misunderstanding that, oh, Highway 1's going to be closed. It's not true. <laughs> For uh, the first thing is to say that the project really isn't going to get underway in terms of construction until the fall of 2020 at the very earliest. It's more likely actually to be spring of 2021. 
Um, and so there's plenty of time for people to plan uh, and to think about what they do with it. There will be closures. It's a small, narrow, winding canyon to get the job done and to get it done efficiently. They will have to close the highway. But we have a traffic management plan that's confirmed uh, verbally from the project team, which uh, indicates that the closures, the extended closures will only take place in the low season months. So from early early April, finishing before the May long weekend, and then only starting again from the end of September until the end of November. So the main summer season and the main ski season in the winter, which is important to us to us in Golden as well because mm -hmm. of Kicking Horse Mountain Resort, mm -hmm. um, you know, they are not going to be impacted during the main travel hours of the day. Uh, there will be some overnight closures during the summer, but as long as you're, you know, in your hotel motel, cabin in the mountains, whatever it might be, as long as you're in there really by, you know, certainly before 7.30 at night and certainly uh, 10 p.m., um, you are safe that you won't be impacted by extended closures. Mm -hmm. um, the good news is I always like to look at opportunity. <laughs> the good news is, is that we live in a stunning uh, place in the world. We're in the Canadian Rockies. We're surrounded by national parks. Mm -hmm. So even if you are traveling at that time, um, whether it's a portion of the night time or you know, a portion of the, the times of the year when the highway is closed. The alternative route, uh, it may take a little longer. It's an hour and a half uh, in terms of adding to the journey, but I see it as make that journey mm. your vacation. Make it an outstanding journey, and it mm. is, because it, the route takes you through Kootenai National Park uh, which incorporates all sorts of things, including the Continental Divide, uh, Marble Canyon, the paint pot pots, lots of pieces of history and uh, places of interest that you can enjoy along the way to break the journey. Mm. Some stunning scenery. Uh, so, and once you've gone through Kootenai National Park, you then come again up the Columbia Valley, which is another um, you know stunning piece of scenery and one of the longest protected wetlands um, mm. in North America. So you know you're going to see bird life and wildlife uh, and the stunning scenery of the, of the Purcells on one side and the Rocky Mountains on the other side. So, mm. you know, just uh, <laughs> just have a little bit more patience and take advantage of what that's going to offer to you. Mm -hmm. And like you say, it's not going to uh, be in effect during the busy summer season, July, August. The main uh, portion of that highway will be open like it always is. So it's not going to affect you that way. Um, so there is no reason. Uh, that's when the majority of people are coming to visit. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, and the same goes for the winter as well. So mm -hmm. during the main ski season, mm -hmm. which is December through to uh, the end of March. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you're traveling particularly during the main uh, hours of the day, uh, whether it's your travel journey or whether it's your activity, you know, if you're in Golden and you want to go out to Yoho National Park to do some great hikes or visit Emerald Lake or something, mm. um, you know, that's not going to be impacted during those summer months between mm. May and September. Um, so now what kind of a timeline from you said probably uh, spring of 2021, when are we looking at a completion date? Uh, they they have given us the completion date of 2023-2024. Um, and there's some, uh, I understand why they're not 
making an absolute commitment because so far they don't have an absolute design build. Okay. So, you know, they're asking for the proponent to bring a design concept to them, which will obviously um, include an element of, of time scale associated to, to whatever that is. Hmm. But they, uh, you know, they have committed that it, it's likely to be done and dusted by 2023, 2024 spring. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we are talking about a very small portion of that uh, roadway, right? It's small but mighty. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's 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 four point eight kilometers. It's less than five kilometers, um, but it's an important part of the artery yeah. which connects us all, which is Highway One. Yeah. Um, and the reason we're actually, you know, the big picture is we're really excited to see this happening. We've been asking for it for uh, decades, actually, because it's a narrow, windy, difficult piece of roadway. The volume of traffic, the types of traffic, and particularly in the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, there's elements of avalanche control that will close the highway. There are road traffic accidents that can close the, the highway and that we just don't want to see happening in the same volumes. Yeah. This addresses all of that. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.